Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bold and Virtuous podcast. I'm your host, Denisa, and I am very excited about today's episode, as I am for every episode. Um, So today we're going to talk about the incredible question that many, 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 many Christians ask. Um, A question that they ask themselves, that they ask their pastors, that they ask friends. Um, A question that I was asked many times. uh, A question that I asked myself um, many, many times also. And a question that is an incredible topic that I will not even be able to remotely touch (laughs) on everything that I would love to say and everything that the Bible has to say about this. But um, we will do our best to make, make it as concise and clear as possible. So the question is, how do I discern the voice of God? Or rather, how do I know that it is God speaking to me? Or is God speaking to me at all? Is God speaking to me as a newfound Christian? If I just gave my life to God, could God be speaking to me straight away? Or do I have to wait a while before I can hear his voice? Um, You know, all these things when it comes to discernment and when it comes to the voice of the Lord are very, very big topics because it is something that many, if not all of us struggle with at some point in our in our Christian journey. And I am certainly one of those people. I am not an exception to this. Um, but the Lord has brought me to a real place of discernment with him at the moment. It has taken me quite a while myself, and I'm sure and I pray that as I continue to grow as a as a person in the physical, but as a as I continue to grow in the Lord, that of course my discernment will grow with it. Um, however, I wanted to kind of share how I answer this question and how the Lord has taught me to view this question in particular. Okay, so first of all, we have um, we have the let, let's separate this question. Okay, so let's separate because there's two very very big words in this question. The first big word is discern. So so discernment, and the second big word is voice, and particularly the voice of God. Okay, so like I said, this is a very concise. Uh, way of answering this question. So I'm not going to be able to mention everything about these two topics, but I'm going to do my best to mention at least the basics or at least things from my perspective. So first of all, we have discernment. Okay. So let's first of all, look at some verses. Um, I'm going to be referring to the Bible quite a bit in this because there is no way I can answer this this question without the word of God. Um, so for example, John 10, 27, right? A very, very popular and famous verse says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So that's Jesus speaking about how his children and the called and the chosen are able to hear the voice of the Lord. We are referred to as sheep, right? And Jesus says, I know them and they follow me. They hear and listen to my voice. So he refers to his sheep as having the ability to hear his voice at a very natural and easy manner in a way that is expected almost because we are his sheep. So his sheep should and will be able to hear the voice of the shepherd 
because they have to follow him. And I think that this verse simplifies the idea of discernment and voice into one very beautifully. The idea that we we as sheep need the voice of the Lord in order to be guided and in order to have somewhere to follow. But we also have a natural need and ability to hear and actually listen to the voice of God. It's just how we do it that matters. So if we start all the way back at the beginning in literally Genesis, right? So in Genesis 3.10, we have the very first time that we have the referral of God's voice as coming from a human, coming from a mortal, coming from a, a creation of God, and that is Adam, right? So in Genesis 3.10, it says, uh, this is Adam. He said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So that's when he was running away and God was like, where are you? He said, I heard your voice in the garden. So back then, the voice of the Lord was already incredibly audible, was something um, normal, was something that... Uh, humanity and per se Adam and Eve per se lived with on a regular basis the voice of the Lord was in the garden and was something normal so God has been speaking to humans and to his children from the very very start he is a God who speaks to us he is not a God who is silent he is certainly not a God who is mute and he is not a God who uh, only you know, shows or performs miracles or speaks to us through, I don't know, some signs in the sky and things like that. He actually speaks to us through a voice um, as as we learn from Adam. And then after that, from Adam going forward, uh, another very popular and famous story that we always hear about is Samuel, don't we? When God called Samuel in the middle of the night and it took him three times getting up in the middle of the night and saying, who is that? What is going on? He went to Eli and he finally realized it was God speaking to him. So even back then, even though God was speaking to his children, and even though that was something that was happening to a somewhat regular pace throughout generations and generations, it was still something that was somewhat odd, somewhat strange, and somewhat uh, unusual because man had fallen at that point. So it was no longer like Adam. Adam knew it was the voice of God because it was just him in the garden. But once we fell into sin and all of that, it just, the voice of the Lord became blurred, became something different. And it became something foreign to us as well, because that intimate relationship that we had with him, uh, as in the Garden of Eden, was broken because of sin. So that's why Jesus was needed. And we see that in, in how Samuel heard, literally heard the voice of God, but was not able to discern that it was him until he was literally told or guided by someone who had the experience of what the voice of God means. 
Um, other times when God speaks are through people like Gideon and Gideon also asks for signs and says, oh, if this is truly you and you want to save Israel, um, give me the sign where you, you wet the fleece, but the ground is dry or you wet the ground and the fleece is dry. And he asks that for that sign twice. And he, he's also doubtful, even though the Lord performs such a massive miracle, he's still like, actually, can you do that again? Um, actually, I'm still not sure. You know, there's just, there are certainly people in the Bible that we can see have doubted the voice of the Lord. And then we have, of course, the New Testament where Jesus comes in and teaches, or rather I should say reteaches humanity what the voice of God means, just like he mentioned about how the sheep listen to his voice and know that it is him. And in John 18, 37, he says, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. How beautiful is that? Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. He's talking to Pilate in this moment, and he's talking about how he came to bear witness to the truth, to, to literally stand for the truth and bring it into fruition and uh, manifest it into the physical because he is the, tr the way, the truth, and the life. And he does that. And as he does it, he also kind of uses the opportunity to mention, hey, if you know the truth, if you are of the truth, if you are chosen to have the truth revealed to you, if your eyes are opened, then you will hear my voice. So I think that the reason I wanted to kind of open with that is because I want to encourage any new believers or any any Christians that maybe you haven't, maybe you're not a new believer, maybe you're a Christian that has been a Christian for a long time or even just for a few years or uh, maybe you took the water baptism and you just want a new understanding of what it means to hear the voice of God but you just cannot seem to break through and we have a real tendency to begin especially if we are truly sincere and honest and we if our desire to know God and to truly seek him is sincere then we you know at least from my experience we have a tendency to really blame ourselves or start you know questioning things questioning our understanding maybe even questioning our salvation I've, I've known of people who have questioned their salvation many times because they felt like they didn't hear the voice of God or they didn't feel his presence and even though it had been years and they would wonder am I actually saved because I don't feel anything I don't see anything I don't hear anything so we, we do do that as humans um, because we do always want evident evidence don't we we always want proof we always want um, the complete and utter demonstration that God is here that he is speaking that he is listening to me and that uh, you know he hears my prayers and for some reason the word of God is not enough and that right there is where we go wrong and that is transitioning me is transitioning me into the, my second point very beautifully so if we look at the voice right so the the voice part of that question how do we discern the voice of god right the voice so okay fine uh, discernment we have discernment first of all but we will go into that in a second but i want to look at the voice of god first so what's the point of knowing how to discern something if you don't know what it is that you're discerning to begin with? 
So the voice of God itself, the voice of anything, the first thing that you think of when you think voice is something audible, uh, something with sound, something melodious, um, or something that has some sort of structure to it, something that that brings something to your ear, isn't it? it the first thing you you think is sound when you hear voice. However, when it comes to the voice of God, what it is, is that we no longer live in the Old Testament, right? Where angels of the Lord would come down in order to speak to the children of God, in order to speak to Gideon uh, or to the judges or in order to come and, and help Mary or Joseph realize that, hey, this is actually God who's speaking to you. You know, it, it was angels, constantly angels. The Lord would send angels to come down to heaven because it was God. He was not able to come down as he is now. Plus, Jesus had not been yet revealed. But I'm getting ahead of myself. What I'm trying to say is that the idea of what the voice is nowadays in the New Testament that we live in now, the one that has the uh, the Holy Spirit in us, the one that has Jesus and the blood of Jesus and everything that comes with it is that the voice is no longer just about the the ability to hear something echo in the room uh, or an angel coming to speak in the voice of God, but rather the voice is now the message. And what is the message of God? The message is the Bible. The Bible is the message of the voice of God to us. So when the when um, the Bible speaks to you, when you read the Bible, when you read the Word of God, why why is the Bible called the Word of God? Because it literally comes out of His mouth. The, if you are looking for the voice of God or the message of God per se, then look at the Bible, which is the Word of God. It's all right there. You know, sometimes we forget how simple and straightforward some of these things are because we call them by their names, but we don't realize, wait, we call the Bible the Word of God, but why is it called that again? You know, like it's just, it just becomes like a, like a normal thing, but it no longer carries meaning. So, you know, I encourage you today to think about it. Look at the Word of God that you literally have sitting on your bedside table, on your desk, wherever it is, it is there. It is in your house. It is on your phone, hopefully. Hopefully it's on your phone. Come on, guys, get the Bible app. <laughs> um, you know, it's everywhere. And that is what is so much more incredible and beautiful nowadays is that we have the message of God with us wherever we go. Back then when when angels and and you know God would uh would speak to people um in an audible way, it was in the moment and it was instant. And we have records of it because they were written later, but we don't know that this was everything. There are so many people who study theology and look at history and uh, and the scriptures and everything and and they there there are so many that have said and admitted that there are many many things that have clearly not been 
put into the Bible because it is way, it would be way, 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 way too much. I'm sure that there were uh, other conversations that God had had with the people we know or even other people that we have no idea about. There are, there is this text that I found out about uh, not too long ago, and I'm sure many of you guys know about it, but the Jewish community and the Jews um, have this book or books, I should say, called the Books of Eden, where they have many different uh, books, kind of like all these different books, they call them the Books of the Forgotten or the Books of Eden. And it is really and truly fascinating. Um, I I mean, I re recommend reading them, you can find them easily online, it's not difficult. But the accuracy of them, I don't know, you know, it, it's not the same as the Bible. However, there are, I read through a, a couple and, and the amount of facts and, and things that are mentioned in the books of Eden that completely relate to the Bible that come and mirror exactly what the Bible says is incredible. So for it to be true, I would genuinely and easily believe it. Um, if you do, do know about about it more uh, about the history of it then please tell me more I'd love to study more about it but in the books of Eden um, there's there's the first second and second book of Adam and Eve so we told more about the Garden of Eden of what they did also when they fell um, there's the secrets of Enoch the Psalms of Solomon uh, so there's some other Psalms that are missing from the Bible uh, odes, uh, and then some other other stuff. Uh, the fourth book of Maccabees. Um, then we have books of Simeon, Levi, Judah, um, and some other Naphtali, Asher, Joseph, Benjamin, and some others. And it is fascinating. And so this is what I'm trying to say. There are many, many stories that we are not aware of completely uh, from the Bible. So what I'm trying to say is that the Lord has spoken to humanity from the beginning. Even in the books of Eden, everything is written as a story. It's all very, very summarized. It's uh, kind of like literally one paragraph or something that you can tell took years to happen um, because somebody probably just wrote it down as they heard it or, you know, as a summary of, I don't know, their father's father's stories or something like that. Whereas in the Bible, we have it you know, word for word, we have things that are completely scripted. And it is so beautiful to know that it is, as Second Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the scripture is God breathed. So like I mentioned, it is the voice or the message of God himself, of Jesus, unto us in order that we may be equipped and in order that we may be able to act upon every good work that we are called to do on this earth. So now that we know a little more about what the voice of God and particularly what that voice is telling us, which is the message, which is all in the Bible. Um, so now that we know that, what is the discernment in particular? How do we discern? Um, there, discernment comes into play in many aspects of our lives as Christians. And I encourage you to, pl to pray for discernment in every aspect of your life. Of course, in the aspect of hearing and talking to God. However, 
also in the day-to-day life, in your relationships, in your relationship with God, in in the status and quality of it, in your own growth, maturity, need, all of those things. Honestly, we need discernment on a daily basis. I realized this when I was quite young, when I uh, first got saved. I realized I've always been a person that has been quite competitive one of those that just always wanted to do best you know I wanted to 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 do my best in everything and to be the best um so when I would have a project or something even if it was something that I'd never done before I was ready to get that a I was ready to blow everyone's minds away and I was convinced that I was going to too um so on one side, you could call that incredible confidence, but at the same time, it was a little bit of ignorance on my part because I would go in with this blind belief that I could do it all. Um, and then when I would fall short by the end, I would realize, why am I not the best in the class? Why did that person, why did their project end up better than mine? What? I, I Did I not try hard enough? And then I would question myself, um, you know, and I would doubt it and I would fear and I would, you know, hit myself left and right and be like, no, 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 I need to try harder. And I would, you know, go to such extents to, to be the very best, but I would still fall short. And when I received God, I really learned, or rather I should say he taught me, that the ability and the need to be the best is not something that matters so much to him. Um, Because to him, it's not about being the best, but it's about being in the right, being in the good, being in the light, Um, you know, because there is right and there is wrong with the Lord. There, There is no gray. There is no, I guess you can do that if it's okay with your parents, you know. No, if the Bible says it's wrong and it's sinful, then it's sinful. If, if the Bible says it's right, then it's right, you know. And the Lord would slowly, slowly help me understand that I need to, I need to prioritize that rather than, oh, am I the best or am I the worst? Because that's all that mattered to me, <laughs> kind of. It, it was a very worldly way of thinking. Why am I mentioning all this? Because with time, I realized that what it was at the core of it, what I needed was discernment. And with discernment, slowly, slowly, I started realizing, hey, it's okay. I don't need to know this. I don't need to be the best. I don't need to do this, blah, blah, blah. It's okay. It's okay. And it just gave me peace in, the, in, the, in those moments of competition and those moments when my human side would come out sort of thing. But when it comes to discernment and something that, I did from the beginning was the reason I kept praying for it and desiring it was because uh, this verse really spoke to me, which says, which is in James 1 5, and it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So it's all about understanding that in order to receive wisdom, or discernment per se, we need to ask God. So what does that mean? That means that if we need to ask God in order to receive something, then that means that we cannot find this thing alone. So that means that it is something that is not physical, right? It's something that is not found in this, uh, on this earth or in this life alone. 
this this translation speaks about wisdom. And you can see a lot of older people or gurus or people of other religions and, you know, who have, who are like a hundred years, who have a lot of wisdom. And you'd think, but they found wisdom and they don't have God. But you see, what this, what the word of God is speaking about is that it's talking about wisdom that refers to discernment, wisdom that refers to the truth. And that kind of wisdom, that kind of discernment is only through the Spirit. That is why you can only find it when you ask God. You cannot find it alone. Only God can provide it for you. So let me explain this a little bit further. So in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 10, going down, it's a beautiful passage. Uh, I actually recommend reading the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 2 and 3 because they're both very powerful. Um, but from chapter 2, verse 10, it says, God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So he's talking here. So what God, is, so what Paul is talking about here is how the Lord has revealed to us the mysteries of which God has prepared for those who love him. Mysteries which before the Holy Spirit could not be revealed to us because only God knew them. So I'll just let the I'll just let the word of God do the speaking, okay? But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So, in a nutshell, that basically is saying what I just said a second ago, is that the, because of the Holy Spirit, we are now revealed things that only God knows, and things that, like, like, uh, like I said in in uh, James one five, we cannot find these things alone. It is they are things or wisdom, as James one five puts it, or discernment, as as we put it in this in this question. A discernment that only we can, that only God has, and therefore only He can reveal to us. And verse 13 says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the, ma but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are fool foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned but he who is spiritual judges all things yet he himself is rightly judged by no one for who has the mind of the lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of christ so uh, it, i know this sounds like a lot <laughs> um and i'm sure it's 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 it can be quite heavy and if i had the time i would love to just sit and study every single verse here but again, this is First Corinthians two thirteen to sixteen, which I, which I just read, and what it's basically saying is that what we have in us is only spiritually discerned; only the Spirit of God can truly reveal it to us. Man, or as it puts it in verse fourteen, the natural man cannot understand these things; cannot receive these things. Because they are just mere foolishness to him. 
That's what it says. They are the the things of of the spirit are foolishness to to a natural man, to a man that thinks only in the carnal. And this is actually repeated again in such a beautiful way in the next chapter chapter 3 verse 19 for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with god so it's kind of um taken it's it kind of repeats what it just said but from the other perspective so in a nutshell nutshell let's summarize this because this is a lot of information so basically what this passage in in first corinthians 2 and 3 is saying is that the spiritual things of the Lord can only be revealed to us by the Spirit of God because they come only from Him. You cannot find something, you cannot find something spiritual in a world that is carnal, mortal, and human. You can only find the spiritual things in its source, which is the Spirit itself, the Spirit of God. Therefore, that Spirit, if you bring it to a carnal man, to a mortal man, he will consider it foolishness. However, it is the opposite with God. With God, it is the wisdom of the world, which man considers wisdom, as foolishness with God. He, he considers that foolishness. So what I was talking about earlier with, you know, uh, older people and, and Buddhas and all of this. Yes, the wisdom is beautiful and it, it can help you with, with living life and so on. They, they can offer you wisdom about family about life about how to you know be in a marriage or how to be a good person that's great but the bible says that the wisdom of the world is foolishness with god that means that none of that will count none of that will mean anything at the end of the day the only wisdom that matters is the wisdom that is revealed to us through the spirit and that wisdom comes through the Holy Spirit, which lives in us, uh, the Holy Spirit that descends to us who Jesus is, that descends to us who we are as the sheep following the shepherd, who descends and tells us, hey, we are called and chosen. We belong to the kingdom of heaven. And we are called to spread the gospel and to tell others about how much Jesus loves them. That is the kind of wisdom that matters to God because that wisdom will get you into heaven. That wisdom will get you to get to know God. You know, it's the only kind that will really help you connect with him. So to summarize the question of how do we discern the voice of God, the important thing, and I think this is, at the end of the day, this is what it always comes down to, what everybody always answers this question with more or less. It's, first of all, Romans 12, 2, which says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So that verse beautifully tells us, and I want you to look specifically at the word testing, because only by testing can we discern. So discernment, we've learned, is what? Something that can only come from the Spirit, something that we need to ask God for, and the message or the voice of the Lord is something that we've learned, what? That is God-breathed, that is the message of God himself, which is the Bible. 
something that can be used to teach, to rebuke, to correct, to train in righteousness, all of those things to equip us for every good work. So it is a word that will speak for every passage, every part, every season of our lives, whether we know it or not. It is capable of completely leading and guiding us through every season. And in order to truly listen to that, we receive the spiritual discernment that only the Lord gives. And then when we are given that message, we need to test it because our mind needs to be renewed. So if our mind is not transformed and renewed, as, as Romans 12, 2 says, we need to be transformed and we need to be renewed in our minds, the way we see things, the way we understand. Like I mentioned earlier with, with 1 Corinthians, it is what we see. It is the wisdom of God that matters, not the wisdom of the world. Our perspective changes when we truly hear the voice of God, when we truly live by him, we change. It is impossible not to change. And you know what's funny is in the world, they always say the opposite. They say in life, in life, man can never change. Man will always remain the same. You know, that's the first thing I always hear about marriage and husbandry and wives and all of this. They always say, Oh, no, your spouse will never change. Just accept them as they are and do your best to deal with who they are as they are. <laughs> I don't believe in any of that because that is the wisdom of the world. But we, as children of God, as sheep of the shepherd, the ones who hear the voice of God, because we hear him, we go through the right. We go through the light, as I said. We go through the path of light up to the kingdom of heaven, up to the throne of grace. And that is where our minds continue to change and get cleansed and renewed and lit up bit by bit, bit by bit, and in such a beautiful way that we have no other way of thinking or or seeing or speaking this life, but in a way that is good, that is acceptable, and that is perfect, in a way that is completely in the will of God. And testing that, in order to test it, uh, James 3.17 summarizes that beautifully. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. There is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. There are eight different attributes that we can use in order to test, as Romans 12 says, to test that voice, to test what it is that's speaking to us in order to see if it is from above, as James puts it. Is that wisdom from above? Okay, well, the first thing I need to do is to see, is it pure? Is it completely wrapped up in purity? Is it endorsing purity? Or is there something sinful in it? Is there something dark? Is there something prideful? Is there something egotistical? Is there something that's not completely and utterly full of light? Okay, then it's not from above. Is it peaceable? 
Is it inducing peace? And it's the same with all the others, gentleness, uh, willing to yield, full of mercy, and so on. Um, and that is a beautiful, beautiful verse of being able to look at what it is that you're hearing. So if you are hearing something and you're wondering, what is this voice? What am I hearing? Is this me? Is this the devil? Or is this God? Well, look at the Bible. Does what you're hearing, maybe through a dream, maybe through a voice in your mind, uh, or maybe through a vision, or, or whatever the case may be, God speaks in many ways nowadays, um, but take it back to, to the Bible itself. Take it back to the message of God. Because at the end of the day, and I say this because I, 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 learned, I learned this lesson by making the same mistake myself many times. And I wish I could go back and tell myself this, what I'm saying to you today. But if you have your dream or a prophecy even, or some sort of word of wisdom from someone or a thought in your head on one side, right? And you have the Bible on the other and they contradict and you think, but oh, but that word of wisdom was so dead on. That woman knew my name. That woman uh, literally looked me in the eye and told me what the desires of my heart are. So how could it be that she told me that I was going to live a life of, in, of riches and, and I'm going to be a rich person? But then the Bible tells me that my heart needs to be set in the Lord and not in riches and in, in all the material things. So, so... How can that be? Because that woman was completely dead on, right? There are many times I've had that myself, okay? So I understand I'm not judging anyone. Uh, we all have those moments where we want our desires to come into play a lot more because, because let's be honest, we want them to be right. We want those prophecies to be right that tell us we will end up happily ever after. We don't want the Bible which tells us we will be persecuted and we will struggle and we will go through trials and fire and we will be crushed and in an incredible amount of pain all because we associate with God. We don't want that to be true. We want, we want the people that tell us that we will live rich lives and we will have prosperity and abundance and quadruple blessings and all this stuff. That is what we want to be, to be right because it's easy and it's simple. But it's not the truth. So if you, can ha if you have one in, the, in one hand and the Bible in the other, guys, I'm telling you this from the experience, always, always believe the Bible. If the Bible does not agree or confirm or at least remotely confirm or agree, like I said, uh, with what that prophecy or word of wisdom, whatever it is that you've heard is, then that is not from the Lord. And if it's something that is yes one minute and no the next, that is not from the Lord either because God, as we see in the Bible, he is a God who is certain and who knows what he's doing and a God who does not change his mind. His promises have, have, have gone through, I want to say decades, but it's more like millions and millions of decades, lifetimes over lifetimes. And they have remained the same. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And that is what we should trust. So I hope I hope that this answered this question. Honestly, I think I could go on about it for a very long time. I do love these kinds of questions. And I loved being able to actually 
uh, take out the Bible and, and mention all these beautiful verses because a lot of times when people ask me these questions, I don't always have time to go into everything and I don't... Um, and I'm not always meant, able to mention everything. So I hope this helped. And I hope that it encourages you. One, to know that if you are a Christian, the voice of God is there. First of all, it's in your very hands. Do not underestimate the Bible. It is for you. It is not just for the church or for the multitudes of people. It is for you personally. And two, you even if the Lord may not be speaking audibly to you or as exactly as you want him to, like with Gideon, you know, uh, wet this little napkin, but don't wet this one. You know, it's even if God is not doing that, find what it is and how it is that he wants to speak to you today. Discover the way that the Lord wants to reveal himself to you why don't you let him show you instead of instead of kind of you know you laying out the ground for him why don't you let the almighty king of kings show you how he wants to tune your ear to his voice um and he will do it so dear lord jesus i just want to Thank you so much for every single listener, God. I thank you so much because even clicking on this on this um, question today and on this podcast shows that they are desiring, God, to know you more, to hear you more, and to understand more of who you are. So I pray, Father, that you do just that, that you open their ears and that you help them see that you are speaking every day. The only difference that they that they are actually looking for is discernment. What it is that they're looking for is an openness and an understanding of where you are in their day to day. So I do pray that you help them see it and receive it and to have an open mind to see whatever it is that that is in whatever form you decide to give it to them, Lord. And continue to help us grow. And I do ask and pray for discernment for myself for my for my sisters and my brothers for the for the whole church lord give us discernment on a day-to-day basis i pray in the name of jesus amen all right thank you guys so much for listening i hope you enjoyed that i'm gonna leave it here because i know this was a long one but it was an incredible and powerful and, and deep conversation today so thank you god bless you all have a wonderful day week month wherever you are and i will see you guys in the next one bye